Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. Vody Balcom. Some of you know him. He wrote a really important book called Fault Lines. Uh, he is the dean of the School of Divinity at African Christian University in Zambia. Vody, welcome to the program. Welcome back. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you. Always Listen, good to spend time a- and hang out with you. Your voice of of hope uh, and clarity for a lot of people that are looking for uh, hope and clarity, specifically with regard to the uh, the crazy woke agenda, critical race theory. Uh, let me ask you a question for those in my audience uh, who are not familiar with you, not familiar with your book Fault Lines. If you had to sum up, just what is the problem with critical race? theory in a nutshell why i mean i know that it is not the answer i know that it's wrong yeah. it's messed up but in a nutshell for people who who don't get it they're confused what do you say to them uh, first of all it's an ideology that is rooted in a lie um, secondly it's an ideology that has as its core a false sense of what humanity is and what humanity is about um, critical race theory Uh, Cultural Marxism is built on the idea that the world is made up of oppressors and the people that they oppress. It views everything through this lens. It gives this sort of simplistic answer uh, to every problem that we have, which means at the end of the day, it erases uh, personal responsibility. And it also erases those those biblical answers that we have uh, to issues that we face. So, you know, for those reasons, among a whole host of others, it is a really pernicious ideology. Well, what do you make of the idea that you've got a lot of white evangelical pastors uh, either bowing to critical race theory or letting it into their churches? What do you think is going on there? Is that just stupid white guilt and ignorance of what they're actually dealing with? I cannot, for the life of me, fathom that they would open the door to something that you know and I know is pernicious. Yeah, there is a great deal of this stupid white guilt uh, going on for sure. Um, But what's interesting about that is now people are walking that back, right? Um, You know, in 2020, 2021, uh, there were a lot of people opening the door to these ideologies. A lot of those folks now are walking that back, but they're walking it back without acknowledging it. They're walking it back without saying, hey, um, that episode was unfortunate. That episode was wrong. Um, now they're trying to act like they were never on the wrong side of this issue and, and hope that people, you know, don't go back and look at the tape. Um, be, because it is, it just, it's bankrupt. Uh, this ideology is morally bankrupt. Um, it's philosophically bankrupt. It's intellectually bankrupt. Um, and it was never something that was sustainable. So um, it's interesting to see people uh, walk away from it or people just walking further into it and further away from Christianity altogether. Well, I wrote a book called Letter to the American Church, where I, I really believe I'm trying to call the church to repentance uh, to understand that if we do not speak with super clarity on all of these issues and address them, we're abdicating the role 
God has given us as the church. And this is a classic example where we are, when we're following the culture rather than leading the culture or being countercultural, we become part of the problem. And um, I make the comparison to Germany under the Nazis. The German church did exactly what a lot of the evangelical church is doing in America today, exactly the same thing. And the results were about as disastrous as you can imagine. And it's funny because even as I was hearing you talk, it's sort of like at the heart of it all is this thing called courage. Courage is not optional. Courage is not extra credit Christianity. You have to understand when you're in a fight, when you're being attacked, and you have to stand courageously against it. And that to me is when, you know, when we're talking about, uh, you know, white guilt, it's cowardice. It's a lack of ability to say, excuse me, that's not right. And I'm going to stand against that. Uh, it's easier just to, you know, w- you know, it's kind of like easier to pay the mafia than, to, than to, to try to stand against them. You just say, I don't want any trouble. You know, here's your, here's your pound of flesh. Here's your 30%. That's kind of what white corporate America is doing by opening the door to the diversity craziness. And, but, but the horror is that this is what the church is also not standing against. It's just amazing to me. But it's worse though. It's worse than that because people are being harmed. It's, it's one thing to say, you know, um, I'm not going to stand against this or, or whatever, right. That kind of cowardice. It's another thing to say, there is an answer we have the answer. We have a duty and an obligation to share the answer, but we're not going to share the answer. We're going to watch your plight get worse uh, while we, you know, break our arm, patting ourselves on the back uh, for being such good white folks. Um, that, that That's even worse. That's worse than cowardice. Well, it's certainly patronizing also. Uh, and yeah. um, it, it's, I mean, I know in the last few chapters of the bible that talks about who's going to be cast into the lake of fire it says the cowardly and it just it's just chilling to me that the church has lost um that vision that we're supposed to stand uh christians were eaten by animals uh in the first century the church has always been called to self-sacrificial courage because we have the secret idea that we know god has defeated death and so I guess the question is, um, what do you see where you go? Do you see people waking up to this? Do you see people responding to your message? Yeah, I most assuredly do. Um, people are tired. People are fed up. And people also see um, that whatever is being sold, whatever is being pushed, these neo-Marxist ideas, these woke ideas, um, that 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 they just don't have merit. So I'm excited about the fact that people are open to the gospel in in interesting ways today. Um, you know, I, I I think there's in many ways an open door here, and uh, I'm excited about that. It it, uh, it it also makes me a bit nervous because, um, in one sense, it feels kind of like a last chance. You know, it feels like we're going over the cliff. Um, and, and you know and, why and that is? I can tell you why it feels like the last chance. Do you want to know why? You know, yeah, tell me, tell me. I'll because tell you it, why. Is. <laughs> it, it is definitely it is. the last chance. <laughs> yeah. If people don't wake up now, listen, we got to yeah. keep it real. 
If people don't wake up now, yeah. people don't repent now, it is game over. Ladies and gentlemen, you will reap a whirlwind. You will not, you cannot dream of the evil that you are opening the door to if you do not stand now. Vody, um, even that term, how to fix black America, let's be honest, black America is broken yeah. because for more than 50 years, starting with LBJ, basically, um, it has been uh, subject to uh, big government intrusion that has destroyed black families, destroyed everything that ever could help black America. But what you're saying and what I think is true is that things are bad enough in America and in black America that people are willing to look at other ideas. Yeah. We need to fix America, not just yes. black America. Yes. Um, and that, that's really the whole point is the same things that are necessary for addressing and fixing the plight of, of, of black Americans are the things that are necessary for addressing, correcting, and fixing the plight uh, of, of all Americans. Uh, the, you know, you brought up the idea of uh, fatherlessness, and it's a huge problem, and we know that it's a huge problem um, in black America with over 70% of black children being born out of wedlock. Uh, but it's a huge and growing problem in America as a whole. And, and as I said earlier, you know, when we look at uh, issues and only paint with that one brush, uh, that sort of Marxist oppressor oppressed brush, um, then you begin to look at problems like incarceration rates and dropout rates and, you know, violence and crime and all these sort of things. And if your only answer is oppression and racism, then you're not paying attention to the fact that we know that fatherlessness, for example, um, contributes to these things. Right. Um, and, and that's something uh, that we need to be um, not just aware of. But that's something that we need to be calling out. That's something that we need to be screaming in the streets about. And that's something that we need to be calling men accountable on um, and women as well, you know, on, on, on this issue, uh, rather than just pointing the finger, you know, at, at, you know, some nebulous idea of the oppressor who's causing these things to happen. Well, look, at the heart of Christianity is we're supposed to uh, understand I am my own worst oppressor. I need to repent. I am the problem. So when you want to point the finger at somebody, which is what atheist Marxists do, uh, it makes the problem worse because it is not identifying the actual problem, the actual oppressor. Uh, it's creating a scapegoat. And around and around we go. Um, and you are quite right. And then we don't call out real oppression. And, and then when we see real oppression, we don't call it out. You know, for example, as you said, I, I'm, I'm uh, a dean at the African Christian University in Lusaka in Zambia. I've lived in South Central Africa for the last almost eight years. And it amazes me how people want to talk about, you know, white colonizers and white oppressors and this, that, and the other. But you never hear them, for example, talk about female genital mutilation um, or, or, or women being basically sold as child brides. I mean, these are real things that are happening. But but we're not hearing about that. We're, we're we're hearing about these other ideas that are about power. They're about transferring power. They're about 
me speaking up in a way that will cause people to give me positions, to give me power, to give me prestige that I haven't earned and that don't require me to really do anything in regard to real oppression. Well, again, things are so bad uh, in in the world today uh, and in America. It is astonishing to me that things have to get this bad before people wake up. But as you were saying before, I think, and, and I say often, things are so bad that there are people waking up. It, 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 we've given some of these ideas long enough to play themselves out to say, hey, guess what? These are total <laughs> failures. This problem has now gone all over the United States. This idea, uh, it's basically, again, we have to be clear. This is These are Marxist ideas. They're dead ideas. They're wrong ideas. They have been yeah. given them enough time. They've been weighed in the balance and found wanting. And if you're not yeah. part of the solution standing up against these ideas, ladies and gentlemen, then you really are part of the problem. And it, it falls to the church principally to stand against these things. I just want to be clear, church, it is up to us to be brave and to stand against these things, particularly with regard to this uh, demonic idea, and I say demonic in the negative sense, uh, called critical race <laughs> theory. Absolute garbage. But you know what, Vody? We have had people that I have revered over the years, people like Tim Keller, who have said, oh, I think people should, you know, uh, get their hands, read everything they can about critical race theory. And I thought, are you kidding me? That's like saying, if uh, get, get your hands on all the pornography you can so you can understand, so you can really understand what it's about. I thought, that's just bad pastoral advice. People should not be reading about critical race theory. It's going to confuse them. It's going to lead them away from the truth of the matter, they need leadership to help explain to them why this is terrible. They don't need to get their hands on reading books about white fragility or, or, or whatever it is. What you know, all of this stuff is, to my mind, it's at the it's the fault of the church, which is why I, I wrote my book letter to the American Church. God looks to His church to have no excuse for being courageous, standing up for truth against these lies. And you've been one of those voices that has been within the church standing up against this madness. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul warned Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 that the time was coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. Um, but but instead, you know, they, they would gather teachers in accordance with their own desires. They'd turn away from following the truth and turn aside to following myths. And, and we're seeing that. What we've seen in the last few years is a fulfillment of that warning that the Apostle Paul gave to Timothy. Um, and he told Timothy, you know, but, but you be sober-minded, you endure hardship, <clears throat> and you do the work of an evangelist. And that's our response here. Our response, number one, is to be sober-minded. We have to evaluate these things from a biblical perspective. We have to think about these things from a, from a biblical perspective, from a logical perspective. Um, we have to endure hardship. Um, people calling us names and, and canceling us and doing whatever it is that people do, and, and then do the work of an evangelist, which means that we don't back down from the truth of the gospel, because at the end of the day, that is our only hope. And so, again, this is not something that we ought to be surprised by, afraid of, and it's not something that ought to catch us off guard. We've been forewarned, and we're forearmed. Well, 
I mean, it's interesting because we're having attacks uh, on everything. And what I always say is that ultimately all of this, uh, the wokeness, whether it's critical race theory, the transgender madness, uh, the idea that borders are optional. I mean, all of these insane ideas are an attack yeah, on borders God. are optional, but you still lock your door at night, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, this, that's the point is that these ideas are at war with reality. They're, they're, yeah. they're at war with God, their idea with, they're at war with nature's God and with the laws of reality. So this is not even a Christian thing. This is the thing about truth and reality, which are invented by God and which point back to him. And you're seeing it on every front. You're being told to believe insane things that who's to say what a man or a woman is. Anyone with any modicum of common sense, you don't need to be a Christian. You, you say there's something wrong with that. There's something going on. What is going on? And what's going on is a demonic attack uh, under the guise of these you know ideologies, critical race theory, critical theory, uh, transgender. I mean, where did these ideas come from? Why are they being shoved down our throats right now? I, I, sometimes I think many non-Christians are much better at understanding the lunacy of it, uh, but they're looking for the church to lead, and many in the church have not been leading, which is why uh, I'm so proud of you and, and others who have been standing and pushing back against the madness, because this is madness. Yeah, and I think it's important also— it's interesting, regardless of who you are, you get you know dismissed out of hand, but it's a little bit harder, um, and I say just a little bit, uh, to dismiss uh, Shelby Steele um, and Alveda King and, 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 and myself um, just saying that we're racist, right? Uh, don't listen to them because they're racist. And in fact, it, it exposes one of the weaknesses of this ideology, because this ideology says, elevate black voices. Listen to black voices. Um, and then when our black voices are elevated, people say, no, 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 not those voices, w which is quite interesting because now all of a sudden you have white people who are saying that you need to listen to white voices because, right, they have the power and they need to sit down and be quiet. But at the same time, they're exercising that same power to say that this white black voice is okay and that black voice is not okay, um, w w which, again, takes you right back to the same place. Uh, these people are just, they're not to be listened to. They're not to be trusted. They're not to be believed. But you're, you're quite right. Uh, if you're a, a, a black a man or woman in this country who's not saying what the woke people think you should be saying, they will denounce you as an Uncle Tom, uh, obviously, um, our friend Larry Elder made a film, Uncle Tom, and then the most recent one, the sequel, Uncle Tom 2. Uh, that's the irony. But again, we're talking about people who are at war, at war with God's reality. They do not like the idea uh, even of logic. When you fight them with logic, they say, oh, that's a patriarchal construction. That's white <laughs> colonial thinking. They'll say yeah. anything. It's like the demon that doesn't want to be cast out. It will say anything it needs to say to, 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 to get you to leave it alone because we're dealing with spiritual forces, dark forces. We're, we're at a time. Listen, Vody Balcom, uh, we love you. Uh, we are grateful for you, for your book, Fault Lines. Vody, God bless you, my friend. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.